Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of On Air with Aaron. I finally am fulfilling my promise, and I have a guest here with me, and we're going to be talking about all things Star Wars today, from gaming news to Mandalorian Season 2 discussion. So I have my friend Chris here. You want to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Of course. You're welcome. So before we get into the show, I just want to be talking about a few things on myself. As per usual, I'm streaming over on Twitch, and I'm uploading some stuff on YouTube, and I recently had a TikTok go viral, so that's uh, it's pretty big. It's at about 13,000 views right now, so I mean, I look forward to possibly uploading some more content on that, so if you want to go check me out over there, my TikTok name is It's Argon Games. It feels so weird saying my TikTok name. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I'll be posting some more stuff on there. I'm streaming twice a week, Friday and Saturday, and then YouTube, I'm going to be uploading some more stuff on that in the coming weeks. Uh, the Crunchyroll Anime Awards voting is live right now. It's going to be ending in the next couple days. It's not super good. Like some of the some of the awards are pretty bad and some of the candidates are pretty bad, but uh, there's some okay stuff in there. So go vote on that if you haven't already. And with that all being said, Let's get into this week's episode. So the first thing we're going to be talking about Star Wars wise is Star Wars gaming news. Lucasfilm Games has announced and they will create all upcoming Star Wars game titles for the future, which includes possibly Battlefront 3 and the new story driven open world Star Wars game. So what, what are we thinking for these these games, Chris? What are we hoping for or thinking of? Well, first of all, I think it's really cool that now they're all under like one title, the Lucasfilm Games, because I think that was the one confusing part of Star Wars games is you never knew uh, like if one was connected to the other, and now we finally know uh, that it's all going to be under one title. They're all going to be made by the same people. Um, I'm excited for them. You know, I I feel like Star Wars games kind of took like a like a pause. Like I know we had Squadrons come out last year, but once they announced Battlefront 2 was was kind of stopping content, and Fallen Order, you know, as much as we all loved it, it's a story game, so once you beat it, you're kind of done with it. Um, I'm excited. This is really exciting stuff. I agree, and I'm, I'm a little mad because I had just got my PS5, of course, a few weeks ago, and... I checked because I still have the Xbox app on my phone, so I canceled my Game Pass Ultimate. I got a notification, I think a week after I canceled my subscription, and it said that Star Wars Squadrons is available free on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So I visibly threw my headset down when I found out that news <laughs> because I was so mad. I wanted to play the game, but uh, with all the new games that were coming out and the $540 I spent on the PS5, didn't really want to spend the money on a squadrons so i don't know maybe i'll try to hit that up but you've played it a few haven't you yeah it is about the hardest star wars game i've ever played in my life i thought fallen order would be it but if you're not a flight simulator guy this is horrifically like it's just so hard it's good don't get me wrong gameplay everything it's great it's just really hard yeah i've i've played it for a few minutes i think 10 minutes at most the Flight is pretty cool. It's very weird because with Battlefront 1 and 2, the uh, the newer ones, they had the flight option, but it was pretty simple. I think you could go into first person, but it was primarily third person, and the flight controls were kind of just simplistic. It's just like they threw a flight option in there. 
it wasn't as it wasn't as huge. It was fun, but it it certainly is one of those things that um I know you and uh, Zeno were talking about it. It could be Star Wars introduction into the esports world, which I mean, with everything with COVID now, I don't know if yeah. esports is necessarily the right path or the possible path right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, this new open world Star Wars game is massive. Um, so not really anything has been released on it, correct? Yeah, so I, as far as I know, and he mentioned Zeno, uh, my friend Zeno and I, we host our own podcast about Star Wars specifically, so... Um, go check it out, we, it's called Death Star Radio. There you go, I wasn't gonna put the shameless plug, but he did it for me. Um, it was a, uh, you know, a really surprising announcement about the Star Wars open world game. Um, I know you're probably gonna get into this, but it's it's gonna be made by Ubisoft, and use the massive Snowdrop and uh, engine, which is you know they made Division One and Division Two, which I played Division Two and I thought that game was really well made. Um, it's just interesting because I think people have been asking for a Star Wars open world game for like ever. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't remember the title of the game, but a long time ago, there was a bounty hunter game, open world game that was in in. Uh, what is it? Development, and there was some gameplay released. You could probably look it up on YouTube. It's, I forgot what it, it's a number. the The game, the name of the game was a number, and it was canceled. It was an open world bounty hunter game, and ever since then, everybody's wanted one for Star Wars. So, there hasn't been much news, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is just the continuation of Star Wars, or star, sorry, not Star Wars, but bounty hunters, as the as the main focus. Plus, with bounty hunters being so popular right now with the mandalorian i know he's not technically a bounty hunter anymore mm-hmm. we'll get into that later but you know he's enough of a bounty hunter that people are interested exactly and it seems such a fitting game style for star wars to be open world personally i've talked about this a few times on my show and open world is kind of the way that most games are going i mean one of the most evident transitions that we've seen is the Legend of Zelda, the Legend of Zelda, not Zero. <laughs> Sometimes I can't speak. Um, the Legend of Zelda series with Breath of the Wild and the much-anticipated Breath of the Wild 2 is an open-world transition game where Zelda was pretty much a very linear game with dungeons and puzzles, but now they're transitioning to sort of this open world. And I think a lot more games are going to be doing that. I mean, we see it with Harry Potter. And, of course, Harry Potter has had its games in the past and of course, the incredibly iconic Lego Harry Potter games. And the open world idea is pretty fitting for m- pretty much every fantasy world. Because you have places introduced in uh, Jedi Fallen Order, for example, that were really cool planets. You have a Zepho, you have um, what's Dathomir. You have these really cool places that you could explore, but it felt a little bit more constrained, such as... Um, like in Tomb Raider, where you could explore places, and it's like it was it was more just linear exploration, where it's like oh you have to go and do this percentage of an area instead of just like a full open world. Yeah, and I think that that was a that was a big part of Fallen Order. That was like the best part of it. Now, I mean, whether or not to talk about how you couldn't get back to the ship for like 25 years after you completed the Gosh. mission. Um, I'm hoping they figure that part out. You know, a jetpack might help with that if we're thinking bounty hunters. Um, well, then you run into the bounty hunter and he takes you to the prison. <laughs> yeah, that was, those were the tough parts. But I loved how 
Dathomir, which we'd seen in Clone Wars, and Ilum, which we'd seen in Clone Wars, and Rebels, and comics, and books. Being able to actually see it and explore it with your own, like, fingers, I think was awesome. And I hope they do that with more things like... We were going to talk about eras, which I guess we can do that now, of what mm-hmm. we would want, what era we'd want this open-world Star Wars game to be in. I'd want it to be in the prequel area era with the Clone Wars, how cool would it be to be like walking around like modern day Coruscant, like as as a human, like as a human or an alien or whatever you choose to be, a bounty hunter, a Jedi, whatever they're gonna have you end up being? That'd be so cool. Like I would, that, I would die for that. That's something that I've wanted to be able to do. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved the open world experience with Fallen Order, but it felt like you were alone the whole time. You were yeah. only meeting enemies, which I guess is the point. He was a Jedi after the Jedi were purged, but. I'd love to see just like regular Star Wars, like like the world, just world building. You know, that's the big thing. But that's my personal feeling. Yeah, and, and of course, in Jedi Fallen Order, you would kind of build up your team on the way. Like, you had the, um, it's been months, I don't remember, but you had the <laughs> one guy that started off on the uh, the empirical planet that you started off on. Um, Prov. Who, Prov, yeah. You had him, and then you got picked up by, by Grease and... Um, Sarah. Sarah, yeah. And you got picked up by them. And then you found the uh, the witch on Dothamir. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have uh, BD-1, which, of course, is one of the best travel companions. Easily. But it's it's sort of one of those things where you compare it to more contemporary open worlds or even some of the, the older ones in the early 2000s where you kind of start off as a character and then you just meet different characters on the way and you don't necessarily form a party. You sort of just... You know, it's just like optional NPCs that you can go and see, merchants and such. And I think Star Wars would definitely be welcoming of that series because you could start off as almost anything. I feel that if they're going to have sort of a choose your class system, then it'd be a little bit weird if you could choose to be a Jedi or a Sith. But you could choose something like you want to be a bounty hunter. You want to be... I don't know, do something crazy like a political head gone rogue. I don't know, just... <laughs> a clone. Yeah, exactly, a clone. You can choose sort of a different thing, or you could uh, start off as a predetermined character, and then you sort of just build your own adventure along the way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of open, uh, like, ends here. It could be anything. Now, as far as I know, they're in, like, the very early stages, so they may not even know. <laughs> not even know. we're making suggestions i would think we probably get this game sometime at like you know late 2023 or 2024 so it's gonna be a long time we're gonna be talking about this for a long time but it's just exciting to talk about in general exactly and some eras would be pretty cool i feel that the original trilogy i would wager no just because we have a lot of media yeah. around that and same with honestly any of the the trilogies the prequels original or the sequels There's less content on the sequels um, Mm -hmm. just because it's still newer and only finished, well, like a year and a half ago around there. And a little controversial. Yeah, it's also a little controversial. Um, But I feel that having those eras where it's pretty much just like, hey, you're going to play as the good guy and always run into bad guys because that's kind of what Fallen Order was. It's kind of what Star Wars has been. Exactly. It's nice to get a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Or have a game where you just play as the villain. Like, that's always been such a big aspect that people have loved is playing as the villains or the Sith or, you know, bounty hunters. And even though they're kind of just like 
hired contractors really like they're not necessarily good or bad they're typically associated with the uh with the empire Mm -hmm. in ways um so it could be interesting i would definitely like to see older era because this is coming from someone who is a star wars fan but i don't I, i don't really associate myself with older media um in in terms of like ancient star wars stuff it would be a nice addition to the fans who just play the games, watch the movies, to uh, to sort of dive into that almost unexplored world and just build a character, have a situation, and hopefully take from the, the novels and the comics that have existed from those periods. Yeah, I think one of the big things we could uh, see is when Lucasfilm Games like announced their brand, Lucasfilm Games, um, they released like a little sizzle reel like of games. And they had Battlefront Two, the the new one. Yeah. Um, Fallen Order. Uh, I think they had Squadrons in there. They had a couple of games, but they specifically kept in the Knights of the Old Republic game that was from I don't know how many years ago, probably yeah. like fifteen years ago. Four. Now people are wondering is if the games in those trailer in it, the games in that trailer are canon, because why would they show all those games and leave some others out? Yeah. So that's a that's a really good idea so if they if those are technically canon then we already have some old republic stuff to build on exactly and i think that's a good thing and plus i just talked to you about you know the high republic just kicked off a couple of weeks ago with its first book um that's that's an era that's completely unexplored like nothing they know nothing about it they already they announced a tv show that's going to come out called the acolyte on disney plus which who knows when that'll come out but that's going to take place during the end of the high republic but other than that it's just books and comics so would be interesting to see a game then, but we'll see. Yeah, and I feel that you do have the constraints when you go long, long ago, just because it's like, you know, for example, even though this is this is bigger than they would probably go for, it's like, let's say you wanted to have a Sith that destroyed a planet, or like, destroyed the world, or something like that. Even though it's a big galaxy, it would kind of, it would seem a little out of place, like, wait a minute, you can't have them destroy this planet because this is Tatooine and yeah. it exists, like, 2,000 years later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I mean, the tagline for Star Wars has always been a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So, at so the you, end of the day, everyone's dead anyway. Yeah, it's like, you can make it, f- <laughs> like, 14,000 years in the future, still say it's a long time ago, and then just introduce a new home planet and then just destroy it. Or something like... Not, not saying that I specifically want a game where I want to destroy a planet. <laughs> I'm not opposed, but... It Sounds just, like you want to. <laughs> I mean, could be fun. You get to play Death Star Simulator. How about there you that? go. Um, so that is something where it's like you can kind of throw in any of these eras. You can go really old or just really future, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know where further you could you could go for that because at least from what we know from the confirmations, they're done with the trilogy of movies like the Skywalker saga. Yeah, right? no, I and I, I think... That's the beauty of Star Wars. You could go anywhere you want, whether it's way in the future or way in the past. The only thing is with this specific game, the open world, I think they, they really got to hit. So they got to pick an era people know or at least exists. Yeah. You know, like whether it's High Republic or if it's just... My personal opinion, I think they're going to go prequels just because it's the, it's the most where the world is like the Republic is, is at its power. And I think that's where they'll go because like you said, the the original trilogy as much as we love it it's good versus evil it's just bad guy versus good guy and then first the the sequels is bad guy versus good guy and it's also like 
really controversial at the moment. Um, maybe over time it won't be. Uh, like the prequels were controversial for a long time. Now we're talking about a game being set during it. Exactly. So just give it some time. I, I just think that they're going to go with something that they know people are going to jump on. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I feel like that's going to be a good wrapping point for the Star Wars gaming news. And believe me, there is definitely much, much more to talk about with uh, more Star Wars gaming stuff oh, yeah. in the future. Uh, and we'll have to see, wait for some more announcements to see if uh, they're going to do more um, with the open world game or if they're just going to announce something new. Battlefront 3, maybe? <laughs> I we're, hope. We're hoping. So next, we're going to break into the Mandalorian Season 2 discussion. I know I'm a little bit delayed on this, almost almost a full month <laughs> delayed on this. Hey, you are a full month. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I blame it on <laughs> myself, but <laughs> it is what it is. Better to late than never, and so I can, I can let the month sort of fester so I don't have to worry necessarily about spoilers. Yeah, there's going to be spoilers, but I feel like at this point you have to watch the show people Come exactly on. so um but pretty much the uh the big takeaways from this season in order boba fett has returned baby yoda eats fetuses <laughs> bo tan and other fan fellow mandalorians show help show up to help aid mando mando and the season one gang team up to take down an imperial facility used to create what appear to be force clones Mando and Baby Yoda track down Ahsoka Tano, Anakin's former Padawan, who tells us Baby Yoda is actually called Grogu. The two fight a scary lady that Ahsoka beats and asks where to find Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grogu gets taken by the new and seemingly indestructible Dark Troopers after he reaches out through the Force. Mando teams up with Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, and newly recruited Migs Mayfeld and Venture to another Imperial facility to find Moff Gideon's location. And finally, the gang infiltrates Moff Gideon's ship where Mando claims the Darksaber as his own for beating Gideon. Grogu beats up some stormtroopers with his force powers and seems to be going awry until Luke freaking Skywalker appears <laughs> on his iconic X-Wing and quickly disposes of the horde of dark troopers hunting the gang. Luke then takes Grogu away from Mando so he can start on his Jedi slash Force training. So that pretty much just sums up the entire season, at least for the big points. But uh, of course, it wouldn't be a podcast episode if we don't talk about some more of the details in detail. So there's a lot to unpack with this season. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Just, 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 just a tiny bit. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> I thought it established a lot of really good things for the future of this series, such as Jedi involvement, uh, Din, the Mandalorian, being a part of sort of this new family, and the dynamic between the three types of Mandalorian, which is Boba, Din, and Bo-Katan. All, they all fall under that Mandalorian sort of category, but all of them are different and have different motivations for things. And uh, the Rise of the First Order. So, uh, which one do you want to want to unpack first? <laughs> so, I think it's it's interesting to talk about, like you said, the Mandalorian arcs. Um, I thought it was really interesting that Bo-Katan was part of this series at all. Um, I mean, you kind of had to expect her to be after we saw the Dark Saber at the end of season one. Yeah. Um, but to see her with the Night Owls or what's left of them, they used to be a bigger group, of course, and uh, to see her with. Cosca Reeves and 
the unfortunate third member that is in one episode and I forget his name. That's how bad yeah. it is. Uh, he, th- it's just a great, great trio. And I love how in that first episode we see them in see the third episode, the heiress, which is also a great name because she is the heiress to the throne because her sister used to be the queen or I guess not the queen prime minister, Mandalorian, whatever. She was the ruler of Mandalore. British. Um, I thought, in that episode, it was really cool to see the three of them when they were fighting with Mando through the Imperial ship, that they were all organized and they were all polished. And Mando was just kind of like rogue because he's always used to fighting alone. And like you said, how there's different types of Mandalorians. Mando grew up in a or Din. If we we'll use Din here, mm-hmm. Din grew up in a faction of the Mandalorians that's all about like following a creed, but you're on your own almost you know so it's kind of interesting like he gave up he he decided to run up there and give just cause a distraction and throw the grenades and whatever they would have never thought to do that because they always work as a team so it was interesting to see mando work as a team here even though he kind of did last season this is the first time he ever got to team up with his own people exactly and i feel that ties in a lot with the whole mando sort of being a part of a new family now because his whole thing and the reason why he connected so hard with grogu was because they were both foundlings. They were both sort of just taken in, didn't really have a family of their own. And then, you know, Din raised Grogu, and you can definitely see the emotion visibly when uh, Din's handing off Grogu to Luke. So you see this idea of sort of like the family and the the, the teaming up together. And it's clear to see. I mean, when, when Din was fighting Cara Dune in, I think it was the fourth episode of season one, when he was fighting, he could definitely take her on one-on-one. It was a very even, good fight. And then, f- when he was fighting with, uh, when he was fighting with the the other three with Bo-Katan, he definitely did sort of have that roguish on his own sort of um, sort of fighting style. So that might be something that we that we will be able to see change, even with the choreography of the fights later on. Um, because I'm not sure if they're going to do like a like a time skip or anything somewhere in this series. Um, but it's very possible that we could see him like visibly changing his fighting style and working better with a team, throwing like team combos where they did something. Bo-Katan did something with a, what's his name? Casca Reeves. Is that what his yeah. name is? Yeah. Um, did something where it's like she tied someone up and then Casca came up and kicked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. The, in the last episode, it was like when they first got off the ship mm-hmm. to get onto Moff Gideon's, get into Moff Gideon's hangar. She like tied up a stormtrooper and pulled him forward, and Koska like used her jetpack and like drop kicked him. Like that's amazing. And it, like going off, not to cut you off, but to go off what you were saying is even in that last episode, they're all as a team, and Din goes by himself. It just shows that like he's still kind of got that by himself attitude. And since he has the dark saber now. He may have to. Uh, he might have to adapt. Yeah, and it's it's certainly interesting because though their their sort of fight choreography teamwork thing with the specific like stormtrooper kick example was rather simplistic, really cool. But that's something that we could possibly see in the future with with Din is you know something I don't know. He like rushes in, does something because we clearly see that he's really good with hand to hand combat. But I feel that one of the places he excels is kind of like with his gadgets and with his little. Uh, like gizmos that he uses to impair his enemies and stuff. Um, I feel like that's a really big thing for him. We've seen it countless times where he just activates his like 
homing little rocket bullet things where it's like he's, kills he's seven people. birds. Yeah. yeah. He, he just, he takes out so many of those. So we could probably see a lot more of, of that with some teamwork. Who knows? Maybe we'll even see some of those gadgets like go away if he's working better as a team, because I guess you could say he was sort of aided by those gadgets as sort of his companions. But now that he, that he has physical companions, we might see a little bit different design change for his uh, for his fighting style. Yeah, I think that's something to to definitely bring up. I think just his personality too. With you know, he took off his helmet twice in front of people in this season, and I think we're gonna see a lot more of that. You said maybe a time jump. If there's ever gonna be a time jump in this show, it's gonna be between this season and next season. I don't see where else this would happen unless something crazy happens in season three where we get a time jump mid season. Yeah. Or maybe at the end of next season. I don't know how many seasons they're going to try and do. I would think probably three or four. Five might seem like a lot. So um, I think that if there's ever going to be a time jump, it'll be now. Um, but like you said, the difference between Bo-Katan and him. And then there's Boba, <laughs> who's kind of a Mandalorian. We find out that they're going off of the Legends the legends uh, story of uh, Jango, mm -hmm. where Jango was a foundling. He was found by Jaster Muriel, who was a Mandalorian in the Mandalorian Civil Wars. And I think that's really interesting because he's never been mentioned in any of the sh shows, uh, movies, pretty much anything in canon. And in this, we clearly see his logo on Boba's armor. And we also, if you translate the arabesh that he puts up to show mando who he is mm -hmm. you see jaster Murillo on there so i think that's really cool to see that but also something else to reference can you believe that was Django's armor like this is that's his armor the ones that the one that he got from um from uh Bo what was his name boba's armor that he wears like in mm -hmm. the original trilogy and in the mandalorian was Django's. is it really yeah he says that he goes that it was my armor it's my armor like my father's Th that's right and i was said. like did he paint it like what <laughs> he just painted it green he's hated blue and silver <laughs> he said screw that i'm making it green <laughs> i thought that was crazy mm-hmm yeah, but I think Bo or Boba is just a completely different type of character because we don't know what he's gonna. We got the new show coming out with him. He's not really a Mandalorian. He's a, he's a warlord. Mm -hmm. He's like a he's a crime cartel type of guy. So I don't know if we put him under the Mandalorian because even when they're talking, where Bo-Katan's like, he goes, "We'll help you get the ship for your fight for Mandalore," and he goes, "Are you kidding me? They turned that place to glass." He, he doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> he could care less. He just knows Beskar is the best thing to wear. Exactly. So that's that's a certainly interesting dynamic, and it was it was really funny seeing all of them together because, um, of course, Boba Fett was um, shown in season one just what his feet and his lower yeah his lower we didn't half. know it was him yeah it was highly speculated yeah. um, but we have we have sort of that dynamic, um, and then of course we fully get introduced to him in the beginning of season two, which thank God, cause I know we were talking that, uh, do we really just think that they're just going to show him just to say like, Hey, he's alive now have a show and not bring him in. But it's really nice that they actually did bring Boba Fett yeah. in. Um, and then of course bringing in, um, bringing in Bo-Katan, it really th throws together these different groups in a really cohesive way. Because as I had mentioned, I'm not huge into like Clone Wars or Rebels or any of those those series that are canon. 
So it's nice being fully introduced to these characters. So even though minimal, I still can say like, oh yeah, Bo-Katan, I, I, I can at least put a face to the name and sort of introducing these, these new storylines in these characters, merging that with Boba Fett, who everyone knows. If you've seen anything Star Wars, you've probably at least seen Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, Mandalorian wouldn't have happened without Boba Fett. Yeah, it, yeah that is true. So that that's certainly a, a good thing to see. Um, and then, of course, moving on from the, the Mandalorian topic, we have the Jedi involvement in The Mandalorian, which... He's a lot heavier than we expected. <laughs> because when, when this show first started, I remember watching the first episode with my roommates up at college, and all of us were Star Wars fans, and it was just, it was really refreshing because most Star Wars media that exists revolves around the Jedi and or the Sith, sort of that, that powerful good, powerful evil sort of dynamic. And even though, yeah, there are other things that, exists in the universe like books and other shows it's nice to see a mainline thing getting huge amounts of coverage being a non-jedi thing so admittedly it was a little weird when they talked about like ahsoka tano um and then of course when we saw luke it was a little weird at first but then seeing how the story progresses it doesn't feel like it was just shoved in yes it feels like it progressed to it it doesn't feel like the show was dying off and then they just brought in Ahsoka and then everyone's like, oh my god, Ahsoka! It feels like everything built up to that point very naturally and then just took off from there. But I don't think that there's going to be heavy Jedi involvement, obviously because we know what what has happened to the Jedi, of course. Um, but I feel that the, the extent of it really is just going to be Ahsoka, if we see her in the future, and Luke training up the rest of the Jedi, including Grogu. I think, uh, first of all, we need to talk about how Din Djarin is the king of not knowing anything about <laughs> the Star Wars universe. You yeah. know, he's walking into the thing on Tython. Does this look Jedi to you? Someone says the word Jedi. He goes, who's that? <laughs> I just, I, I, I find it hard to believe that he has no idea who any of these people are. Especially when he was saved during the Clone Wars. Exactly. It's just... But whatever, you know, he's, he is who he is. Um, but yeah, the Jedi involvement, what I liked about it is they set the stage in season one. If all of this happened in season one, I would have been like, I mean, okay, but I was kind of hoping for something a little different. You're right. Everything flows. Like, the the bringing in Bo-Katan feels right. Mm -hmm. You know, she's alive. She's a Mandalorian. She's the Mandalorian, basically. She's She should be the queen of Mandalore. That's who she should be. And if you're going to have a show about Mandalorians, she should probably be in it. Same with Boba Fett. Boba Fett should probably be in it because he's the guy who basically created the thing. Exactly. So, it, it like, because George Lucas made Boba Fett and then made a, basically a whole race off of his armor. So, I he should probably be in it. And then Ahsoka makes sense because if, if you're going to bring in Baby Yoda, there's no chance that little guy doesn't have the Force. <laughs> there's no chance. He has to yeah. have the Force. Um, I remember at the end of the first episode of the first season when I watched it, I was kind of disappointed in Baby Yoda that he was there because I was kind of like, are you kidding me? I was trying to hope for something new, but they've played it so well. I will admit, like you said, they, they subtly just go from Bo-Katan. She turns around and goes, if you go to the forest moon of, I'm forgetting the name... You will find Ahsoka Cor Tano. I think Corvus, I think. Corvus, yeah. yeah. You can find Ahsoka Tano. I'm like, they just dropped her name! Just like that. I was like, okay, Ahsoka Tano is in this show. And that was kind of cool, though, because it's like, 
they're not they make it a big deal, but they're not trying to make it like this is what the show is about. Yeah. The show is about Mando and Grogu. But still, I you're right. Jedi involvement, they did a great job with it and who knows if it's even going to play a big factor now. We have no idea because everyone's like, "Well, may, maybe Din'll go visit Baby Yoda." I think we're forgetting that no one in that room had the audacity to ask Luke's name. Yeah. Like, how is he going to find him? Have you seen a Jedi with a green lightsaber? Do you know this guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, he did, wouldn't it have been, what's your name? Like, wouldn't, isn't that a question that should come up? But, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see uh, maybe a little bit more Grogu. I, I, it's hard for me to believe he'll be out of the picture. I don't think he's killed by Kylo Ren. I really don't. I don't think that's how Disney passes it off. But I think we, we could definitely see Grogu in the future, and maybe we'll see a live-action Luke that's actually, like, a Sebastian Stan. It'd be cool to see Luke, like, cross paths with Boba Fett in the Boba Fett show. Mm-hmm. Imagine how cool that would be. Boba wouldn't be too thrilled to see him. Yeah. But it would be it'd be interesting to see that. But if, if this is it for Luke, I'm way more than excited... I don't think everyone's out there saying Luke needs their own, his own TV show. He does, he has three movies. He, yeah, he's he, fine. He is not. He's just fine. And maybe that's how they they figure out his name because they were too dumbfounded to say like, "Oh my, okay, okay, okay." Uh, who who is this guy with the green lightsaber? Maybe they just talked to Boba Fett, tell him he's all like, "Oh my God, that was Luke Skywalker." And they're just like, "Oh, okay, Luke Skywalker." You know where he went? <laughs> yeah. So I feel that that could be how they how they introduce it. Though again, I'm not I'm not too certain. Um, but I do agree that if they're gonna do a time skip, kind of going back to that point, it would probably be from uh, like season one. Might say like it'll do a recap, of course, of what happened at the end of season two, and then it'll say like six months later or one year later or whatever uh yeah. just typical typical stuff just like an end game just five years <laughs> later <laughs> might do something like that um i I'm, I'm i like time skips in shows obviously you don't you don't want too many like if they're gonna do one it's just gonna happen and i feel that that's kind of how they're gonna play with the logic of um where this places uh to the next talking point after i we talk about this for a second um with like the first order they would have to do a time skip unless they're just going to play out this show and just kind of like progress naturally. Cause realistically you have to, in, you have to state that it's a time skip. If you're going to go like a significant amount of time, because you can obviously like not every episode is like every minute of every day, but like, Oh, the first episode is, you know, on this day and the second episode's a week later, like that, that's reasonable. A month still is kind of stretching it, but if you're going to step forward any more than that, you have to indicate a time skip. Or if you like progress naturally towards yeah. that, or like maybe drop a line that, um, like maybe Din is having a tough time and Cara Dune makes a comment and he goes, "It's been six months since we lost that kid." Exactly. Or something like that, you know, just so you can get an idea of what time it is. Mm-hmm. They do the typical sort of like fan recap that they do. They're just like, "Okay, well, I guess we'll have to explain the plan to you again." And yeah. Then you talk to him. Um, so I, I think that there's so much, so much potential with the Jedi involvement. And I guess that's kind of good with the way that the world's already built is that if this was taking place in the prequels, then you'd, I'd be a little bit more worried that they're just going to nostalgia bait and say, Oh, okay. Jedi. Well, here's Coyote Mundi. Here's Kit Fisto. Here's Obi-Wan. Here's Anakin. Um, just because all of them already exist and fans are going to keep asking for it. Whereas having it where all the Jedi are dead in Luke's rebuilding, then it kind of is like, okay, we've seen Ahsoka and Luke. There's 
not a whole lot else we can do with this unless they're going to push force ghost. But I still don't think anyone's talking about that because the whole show isn't focused around Jedi. And I'm pretty sure if Din saw force ghost, he would try shooting it. <laughs> he would be freaked out. Yeah. So, uh, no, he wouldn't shoot it. He'd burn it. He'd try and light just, it on fire. That's his go-to move when he's shocked. Yeah. That, another one of his gadgets. I yeah. honestly forgot about that one for a second. Um, but yeah, like you're saying with the Jedi involvement, if this is the last we see of Grogu for a while, at least, I'm kind of okay with it. Season three is set up to show where it's going to be, there's going to be this power struggle between Din and Bo, and hopefully it's going to be about retaking Mandalore. I would much rather see that than more Jedi stuff, in my personal opinion. Exactly, and the stuff with the Darksaber about how um, he tried to just give Bo the Darksaber, he's like, I don't care about this thing, I have a Beskar spear that's like seven feet long. I don't, yeah. care, I don't care about this dark saber. Um, but of course they introduced that it had to be uh, a- acquired through combat and investing yeah. someone in combat. Very much which, like the, uh, the, the elder wand sort of thing with yeah. Harry Potter, which I mean in rebels, uh, you know, you haven't seen rebels. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you know the character Sabine Wren heard the she, name. Yeah. She's the Mandalorian or a Mandalorian character in rebels. Her mom can't remember her name. I want to say it's Ursa Wren. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember. She was a night owl with Bo-Katan during the Clone Wars. You see her in season seven of the Clone Wars that just came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells... Uh, she's, so Sabine finds the Darksaber in Darth Maul's like, lair. Because yeah. Darth Maul hasn't. And she finds it and uh, her mom tells her that she's not the true owner of it because she didn't win it in combat. Yet later in that episode, she gives it to Bo-Katan. <laughs> so it doesn't make much sense to me. They're going to have to clear that up. I think it'd be really cool if they did something where maybe Bo-Katan lost it in the first place because the Mandalorians didn't follow her because she didn't win it in combat. Yeah. It'd be interesting, but imagine how embarrassing it would be to lose to Moff Gideon because that boy could not fight. Like, didn't I know. Kill- Din cracked him. I was I, I was kind of happy because it just showed how strong Din was, but at the same time, it's like they built up Moff Gideon to be like the big. And yeah. obviously, I know with I like mean, a show such as this, the big it, bad is going to be you know Empire First Order, Emperor Palpatine, whoever. At the end of the day, he is a Moff. Like think of Moff Tarkin fighting, Grand Moff Tarkin fighting. He, they're like the same level. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, he probably has some combat experience, but not, like, too much. True, but Tarkin also didn't have a Darksaber that would, like... Yeah, and maybe maybe yeah. he, maybe he Bo-Katan dropped it in a battle on Mandalore with the Empire and <laughs> Moff Dini and just picked it up. He just punched her in the face. Yeah. And he's like, well, I won in combat. Yeah, he didn't have to... He didn't care about winning it in combat. It was the fact that he had it and she wanted it. Mm-hmm. That Because, you know, the Empire was fueled on hate. Which I think drives into our next part, because I know you want to get into this. The Rise of the First Order. Yes, very which much. I think the show is doing a lot for the sequel trilogy, or it could do a lot for the sequel trilogy, like the Clone Wars did for the prequels. The prequels are not as good without the Clone Wars. Not mm-hmm. even close. Like, you watch the prequels, they're low-key two mediocre movies and one that is just like a cult classic. So, and you had the Clone Wars, which is arguably one of the greatest TV shows of all time that people say it's ranked up there on, I don't know. As a Star Wars fan, I have a bias. No, but um, the Mandalorian is kind of helping feed that. So one thing I wanted to touch on was at the end of episode four of this season, the siege, where they go to the Imperial facility. One of my favorite scenes in the whole show is when Carson Teva, the, um, the New Republic TIE fighter, is interviewing Cara Dune. 
uh, and basically tells her, hey, become a New Republic marshal. And I thought she would have been like, no, but she was like all for it, apparently. Um, she So he basically mentions Alderaan, apologize for that. You hear the March of the Resistance in the background on violin, and he basically talks about, the quote is, there's something happening out here, and they don't believe it in the core world, but people need to know. You know, you at first you might think, oh, well, they're thinking, oh, well, the Empire's still out here. Everyone knows the Empire's still out there. It's the First Order, and they're trying to track it down, and this is what leads to the cause of them ever the Republic getting blown up in Force Awakens because they just thought, oh, there's nothing happening. Well, they were wrong. Exactly. And I think that's gonna it's 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 building that up. Yeah. And I agree that the the sequels, because of course, Force Awakens, you know, we've talked about this a bunch of times. The Force Awakens set up very, very well, like the sequel series and stuff that happens, even if the sequel series kind of like did some things like Palpatine's involvement that yeah. seems kind of like contrived as in... But Mike gets saved in The Mandalorian. Exactly. Um, and that's that's something that I'm certainly looking forward to is um, possibly seeing more of that because in... Uh, I think it was in that same episode where they went to the Imperial facility, we see these Force clones that are being made with the extracted blood from Grogu, mm-hmm. which is enormous it's an enormous finding that sort of leads to the the future of what's going to happen with the first order and the uh what was their official name like the cult of palpatine like palpatine's cult did they have oh, an official the, name? rise of skywalker yeah. well they they're technically like sith eternal they're like sith sith uh worshipers like sith people but he calls it the final order. Yeah. Which I think is actually kind of unique. You know, it's not the Empire. It's not the First Order. It's the thing that's going to rule the galaxy and always rule the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. So this discovery of these, like, Force clones being made, because, of course, as we've seen in uh, Episode Nine with Rise of Skywalker, we saw that Snoke was a clone, that Snoke was just a force clone controlled by Palpatine to sway the mind of young Ben Solo. So these sort of like, I don't even know what you would call them. Just like these fetuses inside like the back to tanks, really these experiments. Yeah. These experiments They're they're really just lending this idea that, um, that the first order or Palpatine has some involvement with what's going on. And when they're going to be fully realized is still kind of up in the air. Cause the line that the, uh, the buyer made in like the first or second episode when um when uh din went to go return him he was saying something like you know this is needed we are loyalists you know we are kind of with the empire still we will always be means that of course they're still going to be building something up because they don't want that power and they don't want that control to die out mm-hmm. so the, the long live the empire quote exactly yeah. you know long live the empire we're going to keep going and um I think I could be wrong just because the timelines were kind of weird. So this show takes place 10 years after episode six. Five. Episode five. No, no, no. Five years after episode six. Five years after episode six. Yeah, so it's technically nine ABY. Yes. Which is after the Battle of Yavin. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we have that, and then the First Order started 10 years after the Battle of Yavin? It te- it's technically the first order started as far as i know i know it's 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 explored in the aftermath comics but i've done a little research on it it started right after the battle of jakku um which was five aby 
Mm-hmm. So it happens be they're they're founded quote unquote um, before Mandalorian even starts. Just, they don't they are continuing to rise in ranks. Like obviously you see in the sequel trilogy where they get the stormtroopers and they take them as kids. Yeah. They have to build that army. Those kids don't accelerate like the clones did. Mm-hmm. Like those are regular regularly growing adults. So um, I think that's why it took them so long. Yeah, they needed the the thirty or so years to get up there. And Finn is. What what age is he? I'm assuming he's like 19 or 20. In yeah, the... I couldn't tell you. Probably yeah. 20, 25. So, somewhere like around there. I mean, Hollywood would probably try to tell us that he's like 15 years old because that's apparently that's how 15-year-olds look. Ray was apparently 19 in The Force Awakens. Yeah, I'm I mean, telling you, she seemed a little mature for a 19-year-old. Then again, she was deserted. So yeah. So again, like it's safe to assume that like Finn wasn't a part of the first batch of these kids. You know, there was much more before. So it's very possible that kids were starting to be taken away from their from their families and their parents yeah. very close around this time in The Mandalorian. So in Season 3, there might be a possibility that we will see them going to a planet where they get called. Because it's like the memes every time there's an episode. It's like, hey, we need to stop and go get something. It's like, go, <laughs> we need to go get some milk. Let's no. go take down this terrorist. Yeah, exactly. So, it's very possible that they could get some lead that there's, you know, Im- Imperial forces coming in and like j- taking children. Yeah. It's very, that's, that it's would very fit possible. very well into the theme of or Mandalorian. Maybe Mandalore is one of those places. True. And there's, there's stuff like that. But I, I kind of wanted to touch on the whole, like, you know, the age thing. Cause the <laughs> maturity and all that, I felt bad after saying that, of course, Ray could be uh, mature with how, with everything she's gone through and same with Finn if anybody should be mature I guess I'm just used to like the Anakin wasn't mature for like the longest time and when we first meet Luke he's not mature until like Return of the Jedi when he comes in and he has this elaborate horrific plan to to get Han Solo out from Java <laughs> where he comes in and like that's when you first see Luke as like kind of like more of a mature mm-hmm. adult well whereas yeah, the first time we see him, he wants to go to Tashi Station to buy cat power converters. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, God damn it, Luke, you can you can waste time with your friends later. Yeah, exactly. So it was just I guess I was just intrigued. It's just it different to see somebody like I mean, Ray isn't completely matured. You see her completely matured in The Rise of Skywalker, no matter what you think of her character, no matter what you think of the movies. She has an arc where she is definitely more well rounded with the force in The Rise of Skywalker. And Finn Finn is kind of scared for most of the first two movies, and then he matures. But yeah, I what you were going off of. I think this there is just so much that could happen, especially mm-hmm. with the new shows, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, Boba Fett, and Mando could all con- like connect. Yeah, that could be like the there could all those shows could end up in a big battle with Grand Admiral Thrawn. That's true because the Thrawn name drop was was seen in episode five. Was it five? Five. That was the yeah. Ahsoka episode. I fell out of my chair. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, "Where's your mask?" I'm thinking, "Master, like, is it just Moff Gideon? Like, is she looking for Moff Gideon as well?" Yeah. Like, because she's helping Bo-Katan. Because I assumed that they had already found Ezra at this point, or Ezra was dead. Like, and then she goes, where is Grand Animal Thrawn? And I lost it. I was like, are you kidding me? See, when they introduced Luke in the in the final episode, I actually thought it was Ezra mm-hmm. because I made the bonehead mistake of going on Twitter, uh, like, 
20 minutes after the Mandalorian. Well, no, not 20 minutes because it came out obviously on midnight Thursday. Yeah. Um, so I went on it the next morning, just normally like scrolling through Twitter. And I was like, oh my, and I saw Ezra trending on Twitter and I said, I, I can't believe it. So I was watching it and I didn't really know like what color lightsaber Ezra had. So and I saw him cloaked and I was like, okay, this is Ezra. Even though I was like, kind of looks like Luke though. And then he took off his hood and I was like, that's that's Luke. That's not Ezra. <laughs> so I didn't so, end up getting anything spoiled. Yeah, well, when the X-Wing came in, I was like, I, I mean, Luke flies an X-Wing, but, like, are you serious? Like, no way. Then he lands and he gets out, and, you know, they have the security footage where you can, like, still... You can see it. It's kind of green. Like, you can kind of get the idea that it's green, but you're like, no way, that's Luke. And then they have the scene where it's him on, like, the walkway, and he walks, and you see his... Uh, his hand. You see the green lightsaber and you see his gloved hand and you're like, okay, yeah, uh huh. He's like, yeah, that's yeah, that's Luke. Oh my goodness, I was, once again, it, like starstruck. Like, are you kidding me? I don't care what you say about the CGI face because Battlefront Two made him look better, but it was <laughs> still. Say what you want about Battlefront Two, Luke. That's some of my favorite Luke ever. It's, it's pretty good. It's really good. But say what you want. Just mind-boggling. I know we're getting a little off-topic here, but fine. it's just mind-boggling that they even were able to pull that off because I I ruled Luke out. We have a podcast, I think, about after episode six or seven of The Mandalorian, and I basically say there's no way this is Luke because there's no way. <laughs> Poorly aged things. And then it happens, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, Luke's involvement, it, it was a little perplexing, but I think kind of what you had said earlier about... Um, it not necessarily being a focal point of the show. Like, they're not all just going to get into a ship, sing sea shanties, and just go all the way over to yeah, meet Han Luke's training. Yeah, meet Han Solo and Leia. That's not going to happen. I mean, um, honestly, like, even, of course, Luke would be seeing Han Solo and Leia and all these people, but we're not going to be seeing them because it's not that they're not important. It's they're not important to the story that we are being told right now. And who knows, maybe they will, but I highly doubt they will with the direction that has been going because the two external big people that we've seen, of course, other than Boba Fett are Ahsoka and Luke, but that's because they played a pivotal role in Grogu's character. Exactly. And you know, you, you sit there and you think they're, you know, they, I'm just so proud of Star Wars to sticking to Canon. Like, not bringing Mace Windu back. Like, I get Mace Windu back would be cool, but, like, to think that he sat through the entire original trilogy would be so weird. Like, to see Luke there, like, he's the one that makes sense. He's the one Jedi out there that's looking to train Jedi right now. He makes sense. And even though it didn't make sense how to bring him back, and they did it in a very, another, you know, questionable way, but it still worked, and I don't care. I, I don't care what anyone's like, he's too calm. He's not the Luke we know. This is Luke five years after Return of the Jedi, who looked straight in the face of Darth Vader and was like, I see the good in you. Like, <laughs> yeah. he like he was straight up like, I ain't scared. Like, he looked straight at the Emperor. This is the guy who was like, I'm going to murder the Emperor. And like, my nephew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, what I'm saying is, it's just... Like, I don't care. I think Luke being so composed, like, that when he asks him, are you a Jedi? And all he says is, I am. Like, that just sent chills down my spine. Like, that is the Luke we know and we love. Thing is, get this man a new pair of clothes. Yeah, seriously. Like, come on, it's been five years. <laughs> <laughs> he needs something new. Because, yeah, with, with, his, with his composure, because he was obviously, you know, the, the complaining child in episode four, and then, you know, he, he faces trauma and hardship and then becomes composed and professional in in episode six i mean we see it when he's talking to jabba and he's all like you know 
you will bring Han and the Wookiee to me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love he's, that he's, he's, he's just composed. <laughs> and then it's just like the last one is all like, release us or die. <laughs> it's like, even though it's kind of a meme, it's just he's more composed and more confident. And it's it's evident in this, in the Mandalorian, that he's... Force he's, kick. Yeah, he's, he's very composed. He's just like... Yeah, he's exactly how you would expect him to be. Yeah, he's going. He's gone into almost like monk state, you know. Like he's more serious. He knows like he is so pivotal for the next generation of the galaxy mm-hmm. that he he doesn't have time to be immature. He doesn't. He doesn't have any time to run into Tashi Station. No, <laughs> Those no power more power converters. converters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's gonna really conclude our discussion of Mandalorian and Star Wars paraphernalia for for this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, thank you for having me. I think that was a ton of fun. Yeah. Mandalorian is... Star Wars couldn't be in a better spot. Well, they could be in a better spot. If the sequels were a little bit more well-renowned, they could be in a better spot. But they're in a great spot now. We talked about the Star Wars games mm-hmm. that they're adding to canon. I think bringing Cal Kestis to live action would be unbelievable because it would be such a big jump. I know that's a topic for another, yeah. another thing. <laughs> but just to see them focusing on games and TV... And we have the idea of Rogue Squadron coming out in 2023, the next movie. But that's way off in the distance. We don't even have to think about that. And I think Mandalorian... We None of this would happen without the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And our lord and saviors, Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, I'm, all, all I'm saying is Battlefront 3's cast is going to be... Mwah, oh my goodness, amazing. are you kidding me? If I'm not going to be able to float around as Grogu force-pushing people, I'm done. <laughs> I'm Dude, done. Cal Kestis in the mix. Uh, give, me the, give me the second sister. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to run around playing as... Uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, I'm forgetting his Malikos? name. Yes, Terran Malakos. <laughs> yeah, like, like give okay, give me a Battlefront game. I don't care who's in the thing. Just give me a Soka in a Battlefront game. I know. Like please, know. like it's it's well. It's overdue. We need it because there's, there weren't too many female characters in this Battlefront. I guess there's Leia, Aiden, Ray, and is that it? I mean, if if we're gonna if we're gonna count it, you have L three is. The... Well, I'm saying in Battlefront. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, in Phasma, I guess. Yeah, but in like, Phasma. come on, give me Padme, give me Ahsoka, give me something. Exactly, it's like if you can put in Leia. I mean, Leia obviously was significant. Padme was significant as well. It's like yeah, you you could make her kind of like Leia. Yeah, it, you make her exactly like Leia. Yeah. Give her a Naboo outfit with her little skinny Naboo pistol, <laughs> and she's good. Put give her a set. Dude, they better come out with a skin where it's the whole dress and, like, the six bulbs she wears on her head. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And she's agile as hell. <laughs> That'd be so great. Yeah, there, there's some there's some much, much needed content yeah, in Battlefront get, 3. We're getting off again. Here. Biggest game of the century. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting crazy here. But, yeah, I wanted to say thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, and I, I hope to have you on mine here pretty soon yeah sometime soon just since he did the shameless plug i'm gonna do the shameless plug again death star radio on spotify anchor apple podcasts um it's me my friend lorenzino estrada we're huge star wars fans we read books he reads them faster than i do um we play games we watch movies we watch shows and we talk about them it's great we love to do it we love to interact with people death star at death star radio one on twitter Destar Radio on Spotify, and keep listening to this guy, because this guy's good. He's got some good stuff for you. Yeah. 
pretty 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 lengthy things but you know what <laughs> it's a good thing to to clean your house too i guess you're, you're it's covid you're not going anywhere <laughs> exactly well that is going to wrap up this episode of on air with aaron thank you guys all for stopping by and i will see you guys in the next episode